Hello, this is Janet Gallen welcoming you to Love Letters Live. And today's guest is still a treat, Aronoff, and we're back to talk more about hair because we forgot to mention some things last time. So Myrna, you say hello first. I can say hello, hello. We have a lot to say and a yes. lot to share. I, I wanted to correct a couple of things. Last time when I was talking about Kenya and how they <coughs> people there, I was saying the women, by the way they cut their hair indicate whether there's, no, not cut, the way they braid it is the indication. So I just wanted to set that straight. But then we talked- There's also, you found out too, didn't you? And I found out too about the wigs and-, and oh, uh, Okay, you go, what did you have first? Well, no, I found out that they wear the wigs uh, to cover up if they have any diseases. Oh, well, oh, you mean originally? Yeah, they have diseases and that originally, and that's when they started to wear those uh, wigs in, okay. in courts. Oh, in court. Okay, so I, I looked into that also and I found that the powdered wigs started with um, Louis the Fourteenth, And he started Louis to- Louis. What? I said Louis, Louis. Louis, Louis. <laughs> and he started to go bald at the age of 17 and he didn't want that. He didn't want his reputation to suffer. So he started, <clears throat> he had wig makers make him wigs, I guess, you know, in the style of the hair that, but why did they start to powder them? <laughs> it's a little, I mean, I guess it was good that they did, but they started to powder them because to cover up the horrible um, stench that would arise, but then also parasites would make their home. So they powdered them to keep away the stench and the parasites. But so it was just to discourage those foul odors. But now the powdered wig in court, I mean, it became a tradition, I guess, for important men to wear powdered wigs. And what I read is it's for anonymity so that everybody's kind of equal in court. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. That's, that's, so you look more to what they say than what they look like. That's right, exactly, exactly. Anyway, so so that's it. And also, I forgot because I got so carried away with everything you were saying that we were sharing, I forgot to do what I'm supposed to do, which is talk about love letters. And I just never even mentioned them, but I'm gonna mention them now because I wrote two of them after we talked last time here. I wrote one to you and I wrote one to my hairdresser who I don't see anymore. But just to thank her for years, it's Mary Louie at Hair Savvy, you know, on Chestnut Street. And she's fabulous. She, she's kind and she's fat. She's great. She deserves a love letter. You wrote, I have it put away. Oh, good. The most beautiful. Aww. It was a love letter. Yes, it and was. It, <laughs> and I felt like I was being eulogized. I shared it with my Not husband. Yet. Yeah. Not yet. No. But compassed your feelings, your thoughts, and made me feel so unbelievably special. And I, I really, truly appreciate it, that especially at this time in the COVID, that it, it was very special and it touched my heart. So. Well, thank you, sweetheart. The truth is you are very special, always have been. And um, yes, I just wanted to say so. And you know, sometimes I think it's good for people like you, anybody, to see themselves most clearly 
And that is through the eyes of someone who loves them. Well, it's true. Isn't that right? Lately, lately, what's happened is that, unfortunately, people don't use the pen and they're always on tech. They're sending either emails or, or, or texts. So it's that personal communication is, right. is I mean, I do it myself. I love, I love emails and I love texting, which I didn't think I would. But anyway, okay, let's get back to here because you know what we forgot to talk about? We talked about the 60s in terms of the Afro and that particular stance that people took. But we forgot about the men who were suddenly letting their hair grow long and wearing flowered shirts and looking like I, I had... A man, I think I did mention it, that I had a picture and I looked at it and I thought, oh, that's a picture of myself. And I looked, it was my son and he had very long hair. Now, of course, it's very short, right. but he had long, long hair and uh, he, he liked wearing it. And meanwhile, yeah. I thought me in the picture. Well, <laughs> you know, as it turns out, that when, when the men started letting their hair grow really long and wearing flowered shirts and then there was the Beatles, it was seen as the, the establishment took it as always as such a slap in the face. It was a declaration of war. You heard people saying, oh, they just look so, they just look so dirty with that long. No, they didn't. They look shiny and beautiful. It was, and then, and then you mentioned sideburns. I didn't, but it's Somebody also did. And somebody I was talking to, and I remember sideburns and beards and all these things that the establishment took as, first of all, anti-Vietnam protesters, which was true. Um, and then one fine day, there was a picture of Lyndon Johnson in the newspaper on the front page with sideburns. Because finally, you know, it was seen as like cool and young and no one- Elvis Presley also. Yes. Elvis he was a big person that they emulated. Yes. And he was sideburns too. So uh, that's right. And 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 then so you know that 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 whole business and the flowered shirts and it was just beautiful. Um oh so I was gonna say so that was that was the 60s and we were gonna share some pictures but um in the 50s Carol Lindley was a model a big model in the 50s you remember her? She was very beautiful and she had this long, sleek, straight blonde hair and everybody, that was like the new standard of beauty and everybody was trying for it. And I, I actually did, I straightened my hair once at a salon because I thought, well, I'll try that, that long sleek, which I don't have by nature. <coughs> and it burned off my hair. So I never did it again. You never did that, huh? Never did that, dear. What about God gave me, I, I kept at that time. That's great. But I, to tell you the truth, uh, I, I can't remember when I first started going to a hairdresser, but I was, I wouldn't go out, even if I had a date. If I was going and going to the hairdresser two days before, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out because they were the ones that took care of my hair. Today, <laughs> I'm the hairdresser, right. and I my fingers do the work. Right, and I don't feel I don't know if it was vain or maybe it's the style. 
I never felt I could do my hair. It took years for me to realize. Isn't yes, that I, very yes, I, My goodness. Well, yes. So, and you know, there's, <clears throat> there's that whole phrase, if you're having a bad hair day, and then there's, we forgot about gentlemen prefer blondes. There was, there was. Oh, well, I don't know where to begin. Uh, I have my old hairstyles. I have blonde. You told oh my me goodness. Blondes. I had that blondie and I had this blondie. Oh, I oh. never saw that. That was when I was in my days. I can't even believe it. it's a good thing. I had it for a while, yeah. but not, not long enough that uh, you saw it. But besides blonde, I had short hair. Oh, yes. Me short too. hair. Look, me too. Here, I had it all chopped off at one point. Oh, yeah. my God. Then I had really, really, really short hair. Oh, that's adorable. That was a good cut. Yes. Then then I had my son, this is 20 years ago. I got, I had that hairstyle and then- You were always gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. Oh, time ago. Then if you can really see here. Yes. That is when it's 50s. Now that hairstyle I had done at the hairdresser. Yeah. But I had long hair. I had short hair. I had every kind of hair. <laughs> oh my god so here's one for me this is remember marlo oh, thomas I wore that style when i got married i love yeah. it I right. wore so, a flip. this was on the way this was on the way to my 10th high school reunion and my husband was very nervous about going and if you want to know about that totally glazed look we did a little before we went you know so we're looking oh, at a little glaze okay. yeah okay. And then when I got nice, by the way, the sixties. I love it. Well, you know, you look like you could have gone to Woodstock. That's the point. I look like everybody looked like this, and in the sixties. And did you see by any chance Mrs. America? It was a Netflix movie starring Kate Blanchett as Phyllis Schlafly. I didn't. Okay, well, it was. I thought it was great. It took me a couple of episodes, but. I started to get confused and it was the hair. Everybody looked like Gloria Steinem. Everybody had that same exactly. hair. You can't tell one creature from another. Yes. So talk about your beehive. Oh my gosh. I couldn't do a beehive. That's when I was going the hairdresser all the way up. You know, that's where we were. Before we make too much fun of Marie Antoinette. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think about if I had, oh, this old picture of me. Yes. You, it was probably so lacquered and, and oh. hot, you know, which we don't do today. Right. We like more natural. By the way, I, I, I look at people that come out and I think they have wigs today when they go and have their hair combed out. Yeah. See, it's a, but we used to do that. We used to tease it. And then I used to do my own. And you know, oh, did you put it in the back with the uh, with the hairpins? Yes, with hairpins. It was great, and you know, it had that Nefertiti look. That is a pretty nice, really. 
Okay, so okay. what do you, you know, go ahead. No, I'm saying I loved the Nefertiti. It was really, really good. Yes, what do you remember about but your- had bangs, then bangs were in. Right. Everybody was wearing the bangs. And by the, the way, bangs. yes, and how, I'm looking for a picture here. Hold on, how early does this um, interest in our hair start? Okay, I just want you to take a quick look at this. This is- Oh my God. Okay, that, this is a three-year-old. Now, whoever has had the um, task of washing the hair of a two and three-year-old child, I mean, it's a lot of screaming and splashing and no, and there's soap. Put that same child in a salon chair and she becomes a 40-year-old with the dignity worthy of Buckingham Palace. I yes. love it. And they, know just, and they know just, you know, my, my granddaughter had long, she got it cut like this on her fourth birthday. She chose to get a short haircut. You know, ears, a, a bob, a page, whatever you call it. Buster Brown, you know, that kind of. And I saw her and I just almost didn't recognize her. I said, you got your hair cut. Because we all like talking about our hair. And um, she, yes, I decided on this style. And she said, she's, this is her fourth birthday. She said, I wanted to have it done blonde. But Four years you wanted blonde. I wanted to have it done blonde. But I'm only four, and I'm like, you know, so I'm gonna wait till I'm six. <laughs> that must have seemed like very far in the future. But still. I have a charitable, a charitable granddaughter. Yeah, she had very long, long locks, and she had a cut, and she, uh, you know, sent it to uh, I think it's cancer for hair. Oh, you know, yes, yes. So yes. that in itself, it started her to become a person that was very thoughtful in life. Oh, that's wonderful. Because of, uh, of it's one of her first charitable wow. uh, times in her life, so. Yes, I've known yeah. a couple of people who have done that. Oh, okay. So what do you remember about your mother and hair? Oh my gosh. I have pictures of my mother. I'm sorry I didn't bring it here. Oh. Uh, Oh, I mean, it's around the corner in the other room, but my mother had red hair. Really? There were three sisters, one blonde, one dark, and one red. And my mother always had hair that was like, came out. You know, you, you, you had to go in maybe to dig in to find <laughs> out. Yeah. You know, it was always the bouffant and always, always in place, because I think she went twice a week. Oh, hell yes, like a So I, I remember- Times, but I do remember her hair. Well, you know, you know the, the desire, I remember as a child, my mother, I don't know how many people are gonna relate to this, but you know, because we're the same age, so you have to be this age to remember your mother's doing this, but. My mother used to wait, and as soon as my father left for work, she would put her hair in pin curls. She would wet her hair and do little pin curls. And my mother had very straight hair. You know, I got the curly stuff from her. And um, she had very straight hair. And no matter what she did, it really didn't go curly. And what about those rollers that we didn't want to <laughs> Is to take our hair, and we used to have rollers and hide from people if they saw us, heaven forbid, you know. Okay, we used to use orange juice, frozen orange juice cans. 
Exactly, exactly. So that our hair would be, we'd get that Marlo Thomas flip. Oh my so, goodness. <clears throat> I don't know what's happened. We've never, we evolved, but we never really thought about it. Right. It was just to sit under the hair dryer. Remember the hair dryer? Oh my God. Oh, well, I like the ones with the, with the flexible hood and the long tube. Oh my God. I used to fall asleep under that. Under the hair dryer. And, and if we walked out into the rain, forget it. We had to hide because we, <laughs> if it was our hair, we, we, that was the end of, of seeing anybody. Yes. Um, so bizarre. Okay. So it, we don't. It's very bizarre. But here we are, you and I, gray ladies. And I'm going, I have to tell you, Friday. For? If February. I think my hair has gotten a little too long because I want to get it cut short. Uh -huh. So I, I'm a little nervous. I haven't been to a hairdresser in all that time. So you're going to go inside a salon? In the house by somebody. Uh -huh. But I've been, I'm going at nine o'clock in the morning. Okay. And I told them I don't need anybody to color my hair. Right. No no coloring. Right, right. So it will be an event. Yes. See yeah. how they react to me. So, you know, changing, changing fashions is such an interesting business. I mean, when you look back, you look back, what's the silliest outfit you ever wore in clothing? Well, the silliest outfit, and I don't know if it was silly, but I had oh, a pink. I'm looking back, I still have remnants of whatever. The poodle skirt. Oh, you have the, one? The felt, I, I had it made for a costume party. It's, yeah. I, I think it's there somewhere. But that foot, and crinolines. We used to put crinolines all the time underneath our- Yeah, our that was- had to be full. That was one step away from hoop skirts. Absolutely. And then the see-through. You had to wear um, camisoles under the see right. see-through. Like, well, Dorothy Collins. I don't know if you remember Dorothy Collins. She used to be on, on the uh, television show in the 50s. Singing. Like the hit parade. That's it. The hit parade. You remember? I do. We always wore those nylon um, blouses, but with the camisoles under them. How funny. You know? I, don't, I don't remember that, but I remember in the 60s, the macrame tops. Oh, yes. You also had to wear a camisole unless you were very brave, right? Very brave. So, don't forget we each grew up on a different coast. Well, I understand that, but I don't... But we, we all got Snooky Lanson and Dorothy Collins on the hit parade. That we remember. Right. But I grew up where, except for Woodstock, and I was not part of Woodstock, and I had just got I had gotten married. Uh, I was not, because I was shocked when I first came out here and I visited uh, Berkeley. Oh, you know? what were you shocked at? I visited Cal, Yeah. you know, Berkeley College, and I saw people, uh, uh, Dr. Spock running for president, oh. and <laughs> Hate Street, yes. where my gosh, Hate Street is like back in the 60s, you still I, go I live, there. I lived there in the 60s, yes, I'm familiar, yes. and and. I never saw that. Ah. Okay. You had to go 
leave it to see it or go to maybe Soho in New York. Uh-huh. But I grew up in a small town and everybody was, you know, very conservative. We wore little bobs. And then the little collars. You remember those little collars that we used to wear around our neck? You oh, never the false collars? The false collars. Sure. See, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's uh, different. You know, <laughs> the, uh, it's uh, hippie. You know, that's why when my son was uh, growing up with the long hair, there he is in the 60s, 60s, 70s, looking like a little, like a hippie. But you were, you were in England with the Beatles when your kids were young. Yeah, that's right. I was in England. And they were going to private schools. So when you go to a private English school, you are, he became, when we came back to the States, that's when he started in the 80s, wearing the long hair. But in the 70s, they were little proper men in little uniforms oh. and you had haircut. You had to just look. They all look the same. You line them up. By the way, yeah, when you say look like you know little gentlemen, I've noticed old clips of musicians from the 60s and the 50s and just the wildest, freest, popular musicians um, were wearing jackets and shirts and ties. They didn't, they didn't come out like musicians do today. They were dressed like proper- oh, you're Like the orchestra, the-, the, the, the no, I'm, uh, talking about, I'm talking about even bands like the Smothers Brothers or all the bands Smothers. there were, you know? Yeah. Proper. They all yeah, wore, they, and the band leaders, you're right, the band leaders. And I'm thinking back, it was like, I can't, I'm trying to think. I mean, the big Crosby's and the same, even the Sammy Davis and Nick, they were always dressed. It's uh-huh. when the group came out and Elvis Presley doing his little dance on television right. created, created a whole different group of people. Now, the, it's like you mentioned the Beatles. Beatles were there in the 60s, early 70s, but we just never... Uh, my kids were not, my kids, I'm trying, we were there for 10 years. So Alan was 10 when we, we, we came back, mm-hmm. 10 and eight. So then they went off to private schools here again. So they were all in. They, you know, was, the, whole, the whole business of Elvis Presley. Oh, and there was some hair to contend with, right? So he was kind of a wild man with, oh, what a voice though. What a voice and just, gorgeous. Anyway, when he was younger, poor thing was not well, you know, later in life. But he, the, the church and the establishment, they were going nuts because he was wiggling his pelvis while he was singing. They were calling him Elvis the pel- pelvis. And then there were all those jokes about his brother Enos. So that we have come. But he wasn't even, but he wasn't, go look at old videos of Elvis, everybody. He never shakes his pelvis. He's shaking his knees. Oh, it's very interesting. Never shook his pelvis. And they're still today imitating him. Right. Because, you know, he left, he really left the legacy. Well, he because was he, was too, he was too sexual at the time and it scared the living daylights out of half and the today, world. Today, every, every, anything and everything goes. Right, like Cole Porter said in the 20s or whenever that was, right? And uh huh. Yes. 
anything goes, honey. We can just, and that's the freedom. That's the freedom of our hair, that anything goes. And I think there are still people I know, and I have to say it, that during this uh, uh, time that we're here, are still having the hairdresser come to the house. And they're going absolutely nowhere. But every hair has to be in place. Right. Okay. And I, not many, but they're still because they feel that's their beauty. Yes, and they have to. They have to feel good. I put perfume on, by the way. Nobody has taken a smell of. Nobody has taken a sniff for eight months. I know that's for us. Smell lovely. Yes, that's for us. And I know somebody's daughter that knows me by my scent. Oh, mine did too. (laughs) Mine did too. And you know, Tony and I wore the same perfume, and so our kids couldn't tell. They couldn't tell, they couldn't distinguish us over the phone and they couldn't tell our handwriting apart. Your daughter who knows me by my scent. Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that, yes. yes. Okay, so so my younger daughter knows everybody by scent, but that's right, may I tell this story? Oh, this is so funny. I had given Juliana and Dahlia symphony tickets. Dahlia knew everybody by scent by the time she was three years old. The doorbell would ring. She'd be upstairs in the back and she'd, oh, Laura's here. And she'd go, flawless. So they go to the symphony. And the next day, I told you this, I had said to them, did you have a good time? And it was front row center, second row center seats. And, you know, we weren't using them. And did you have a good time? Yes, it was wonderful. And we saw Myrna during the intermission. I said to Juliana, how on earth did you find Myrna in a mash of 2000 people? She said, funny, you should ask. (laughs) We went outside and Dahlia said, Myrna Aronoff is here and found her way through 700 people to you. That's right. Shalimar. Uh, Shalimar, that's it. Isn't that amazing? I swear to, I I wore Samsara, but I I got back to Shalimar. Oh, let's talk about perfume and scent someday. Thank you for coming back. So much to talk about. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, my dear. Have a wonderful day. You too. And anything else you want to um, talk about? And remember, give me a holler and we'll do it together. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, darling. Goodbye, everyone. This is Janet Allen and Myrna saying goodbye. We'll talk to you another time. (laughs) Sayonara. Okay. Bye, honey. Bye, darling. Bye. Bye.